0: What happened after you proved that to yourself in that hospital bed? What were the steps that you saw yourself take on a entrepreneurial level?
1: The first thing I did was it taught me that no matter what, I really can accomplish anything. We're, we're, you and I, everybody, we're far more capable of anything that we can possibly conceive of on our own. I went right back to the drawing board and did another vision statement. And then I plotted out what was going to happen.
0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Real Estate Rundown. You know, oftentimes we talk with different operators here, different people in the real estate game, but it's not very often we get such a seasoned vet like Gary. And you know, the one thing that I've recognized over the years is that the winners and the losers in this game are the ones that stay in it, the ones that keep coming back, the ones that are persistent. And so Gary Wilson is with us today, and he's going to be sharing some of his experiences with us, some of the good, the bad, the ugly, the gory of how to get through what everybody's calling a changing market cycle and the new world of real estate. Welcome to the show, Gary.
1: Thank you very much, man. I appreciate the opportunity to be here, man.
0: Hey, so Gary, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody and let them know kind of where you came from, how long you've been in the business, what you've been doing in the business, and just give them a feel for, for your level of expertise. Sure.
1: Well, it actually all started when I was like eight years old. I was One of my best friends, Kevin McKinney, his dad was an architect. And they lived in a very nice, modern, contemporary home right on the lake. It was cantilevered, you know, glass all the way around, just spectacular. You know, and I'm thinking, man, this is what I want. And his dad was an architect. Of course, at the time, if you remember, I think it was, was that the Brady Bunch where the dad was an architect? I forget whatever show it was. And I thought, that's what I'm going to do, you know? So I started drawing houses, but the front view in my mind, I knew the floor plan, but you couldn't see the floor plan on my front view. But I'm using rulers and pencils and stuff like that. Turns out my grandfather was a retired university professor. And one of the subjects he taught was architecture. So he showed me how to draw floor plans. I mean, the, everything, the scales, the symbols, the whole nine yards. Now you're at Christmas, my mom brought me a complete drawing set the, the the board, the T-square, compasses, the whole nine yards. And I'm cranking out floor plans as an eight-year-old. So fast forward, and by the way, throughout junior high and high school, Dude, I was making financial plans like you couldn't imagine. Every house I was going to own, the whole nine yards, and my whole life, of course, you know, life turned out differently, right? But in any case, I applied to go to college at Virginia Tech, the School of Architecture. And they turned me down. I'm like, whoa, my whole life, this is what I want to do. So they called me down there in an interview and they said, we don't understand. Most people apply to general studies, get into Virginia Tech, and then you move over in the School of Architecture once you're in. That's how you play the game. She said, your counselor didn't tell you that? And I looked at her and said, where well, I went to high school, there was more cows than there were people. I, I think maybe 10% of the kids went to college. That counselor probably didn't have a clue. So in any case, fast forward, God always has a way of working things out. My freshman year, I went to Old Dominion, which was at the beach, which was cool because I like the beach. My freshman year roommate guy named Socrates, his dad was a big investor in Richmond, Virginia. And his dad, when we graduated four years later... Helped us buy our first house. He didn't give us any money. He didn't give us the fish. He showed us how to fish. This was January 1986. So, my first experience as a homeowner was also as an investor. We bought a four bedroom ranch. We rented out the other two bedrooms to two other guys, and their rents covered all of our expenses except for about 50 bucks a piece. So, here's Sock and I were the first professional jobs making at the time, you know, decent money, 20,000 a year. That was pretty good starting out in 1986. And we have 50 bucks. Paying for our housing costs. and we own the house. <laughs> so, so we're like, we're kings of the world. You know, that was our first. Yeah, so
0: you bought your first house in ninety or eighty-six. I bought my first house in ninety-five. So been in the game a long time. What are you doing now? So right now, what
1: I do is I run a team of agents called the Global Investor Agent Team. And the specialty is we work with investors. I train them. I got like six training programs, 21 marketing campaigns. We had a real lead gen system. We got it all dialed in. We got all the tools and strategies and everything for flipping, wholesaling, and rentals and all that. So my, the model is we exist in a residential world as opposed to commercial because that that's where the gap was. There was. You go into commercial, commercial agents can walk the talk, right? Residential, those agents were not trained to work with investors. So we solved the problem by creating a model that trains the agents how to work with the investors. And in three years, we've
0: managed to grow to 38 states. <laughs> you know? That's great. Yeah. yeah. So what, is the, what are some of the things that, that you're seeing in your graduates that your program doesn't teach? I mean, you know, y- you can have models, right? And not saying yours aren't great, but you can have models. You can make things. You can put, have all the inputs. You can put the information in. But what are you seeing out of the people that are taking your courses that that is similar with those that are really successful versus those that are moderately successful in your program.
1: Yeah, well, I tell you what. One thing that one key factor is in the world of real estate brokerage, all the agents are independent contractors. I don't have a lot of leverage. It's not like they're employees where I can you know lean into them and I have leverage because I give them a paycheck. When you're working with a bunch of independent contractors, I mean they're like rebels. I mean I'm a an, I'm an entrepreneur. I get it. You know, I'm in my blood. So here's what I see the biggest thing, the biggest lacks that I find in a lot of people is a lack of discipline, a lack of work ethic, you know, a lack of focus, you know, really key things that will serve them well no matter what you do. I so said, I was blessed because I grew up in a military family, right? And I grew up in a family where my father's side was fairly well to do. So they were very, you know, business owners too, they were very disciplined. And they were they did not give up, and they were very you know you know honorable had a lot of integrity, and so I had that coming out of the gate. Plus, I studied computer science in school. So, in any case, so I had a lot of things going for me. Plus, I had a lucky break. Let's face it, having my college roommate whose dad's a big investor, it's a huge break, and I got a free education. So, any case, I'm, go ahead. I'm and look. the other
0: thing that you see too is you know, and I mean, if I had a dollar for every time I heard a uh, a lazy person tell me they were going to get the real estate license because uh, they thought that's where the easy money was. You and I wouldn't be talking. I'd be on a private island somewhere, right? But the reality is, we see that the the biggest breakdown between the those that are successful and those that aren't is that work ethic, is that determination. You know, that mindset will get you farther. Uh, than really any spreadsheet, the spreadsheet is the icing on the cake, right? You still got to come to the party with a cake to decorate, right? And you know, we see that a lot where we have, I see that in my business. You know, I get calls all the time from mortgage brokers or from realtors or from, you know, people wanting to sell me something instead of having something to sell, right? And when you're just starting out, a lot of people don't realize, and I didn't realize it in my younger days, that I was the product to sell. It was my hustle. It was my determination. It was the fact that I wasn't going to take no for an answer. I was going to continue to call on somebody. I remember a building I did for a very successful builder in town. I became a, an amateur stalker where I would show up at his office at 4:30 in the morning and wait for him to get to the office so that I could show him the, the the newest rendition of what I thought we could do on his property until I finally got the job, you know. And I know that we all have stories as entrepreneurs that have been successful that are like that, but beyond just, and I don't think you had a lucky break. I'm gonna correct you if I may. I think that you took advantage of an opportunity that some people wouldn't have seen and you learned from that, right? But I know that if you put 10 other people with Socrates back at that time period, probably only three would have taken advantage of that deal, right? Yeah,
1: if that, yeah.
0: And so when you look at that, you know, Gary, what are some of the things that, I mean, so determination is definitely a factor in your success. What are some of the other things that you see that people that are going to be successful with your system really have to have, you know, because yes, the system does the analysis, but what gets the the information to feed the system? How are you, how are you seeing your students adjust to the, the market that we currently have?
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of it comes down to, what I call vision. So I'll give an example. We my team is probably very unorthodox compared to traditional teams. So before I teach anybody the academics of investing or you know serving investors to lead through brokers, I always have them create what's called a vision statement. And that's way deeper than kind of stuff you learn. Like I love Stephen Covey, when he was alive, he was one of my very first teachers. Another just at the right time at the right place. But he taught everything started with values. What I realized was. There's actually something more and it's the vision. But Shannon, it's not your vision and my vision, but what I call our small mind. It's the bigger vision. It's the super conscious level vision. that's way bigger than anything you and I could possibly imagine on a room. So I learned how to tap into that at an early age, thank goodness, partly because of guys like Stephen Covey, who led me down that took me on that next step in that journey of self discovery. And there's been others. I mean, I've had some great teachers and coaches over the years, but when I discovered that, process in the the magic of tapping into that higher consciousness and writing a vision statement for yourself for your life where the words come through you not from you that's a game changer in a huge way so I do that in fact we're doing it right now we do it in December or January with my team every single year four steps so go and ahead. you
0: know it's that's so important too because you know i mean i'm going to guess Gary you bought your first deal in 90 or 86 You've seen a few deals go sideways on you. You've probably even seen a few deals, a few deals go south. But you know, if you're not looking at the big picture, if you're not having that vision statement for your life, it's really easy to get tossed into the waves and, and not know which end is up. You know, I know that the times in my life where things haven't gone per plan, The more focused I am on that big picture vision, like you say, the more I've been able to get creative, the more I've been able to come up with solutions, the more I'm able to stop seeing them as problems that are insurmountable and start taking them apart piece by piece to be able to come up with a solution. And guys like Stephen Covey were amazing at putting that thought process that you and I have used over the years into words, you know. I really love several authors like Stephen Covey. Dale Carnegie is another great one. And and these guys, you know, I mean, Dale uh, Carnegie's stuff is almost 100 years old from what he put out, yet it's still so relevant today. And when you have that kind of vision, you can get through this difficult stuff, you know? Have you got an example for my listeners on what was a scenario where that big picture vision got you out of something that was destined to go south if it wasn't for some of the thought processes you were able to pull out with that vision statement?
1: Oh, absolutely. More than what I always tell people, you know, when God woke me up, it wasn't with a two by four, he needed a four by four because I got an extra thick Irish skull and not one time, but multiple times. <laughs> so so what, one of the first ones was a divorce, unfortunately. And right when the divorce started, I also had a pretty serious ski accident and broke my back in two places, two vertebrae, and I was not able to walk. My right leg atrophied in a matter of weeks. I mean, I couldn't drive, you know, and it was catastrophic. Well, that was at the beginning of the, the biggest economic recession in 80 years, right? So in any case, I mean, it's just like everything is being taken from me or I was having to give up and that kind of stuff. But the thing is, I can tell you this, and everybody wants you to really listen to this. It required me to be still. I had to lay that hospital bed. I did not watch TV at all. I, I my, my had one of my kids bring my laptop and my phone. And um I refused all medication. I mean I'm in a lot of pain but I thought I'm in I'm in a I'm in a really serious crisis situation here. And I can't have a mal- a mind clouded with drugs. I gotta focus. Dude, that's the day after surgery, I worked 17 hours from 7 a.m till midnight two complete phone charges on my phone and put together two deals that day, right? The nurses are going crazy because I'm like violating every rule they ever had and not taking my medication. And, I, but what it did was it, you know, I'm laying there at, at night after all that was done with the smoke settling. And I realized, I said, wait a second, that's the lesson here. I can actually, you can actually accomplish anything you set your mind to. If you just let yourself be still and be quiet enough and reflect back on your vision. See what happens is most people set goals. i won't believe me. Once you have your vision, the next thing you do is you set your goals. But you don't start with goals, you start with a vision. And this is why. Goals will help push you forward. But a vision pulls you up that mountain. Okay? That's a huge difference. Your vision. That's a
0: great way to put forward. it. That is a fantastic That's- way to put it.
1: Yep. In spite of the crises. So you can get the flat tire. Your kid can get braces. All kinds of things can happen. But when your vision is so crystal clear in your mind, you could see it just like it's physically real it's gonna pull you forward in spite of all the crap that happens in life, you know?
0: Hey guys, real quick, if you're enjoying this show, I wanna ask you to please give us a five-star rating and review on whatever platform you're listening to right now. Leaving us a rating and review takes just a few seconds and it's a great way to show your support for our show. Your support helps us reach more listeners and create better content. Thank you very much, we really appreciate it. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, well, and you know, I think too often, you know, people get knocked out of the box before they really get tested, right? I mean, you you know, I think the most financially disturbing example of that was the third founder of Apple, right? The guy that got his money back and said, no, thanks guys, this isn't going to work. And he got his $800 back that would now be billions of dollars, right? Because he didn't have that vision. And Steve Jobs, on the other hand, is one of the greatest visionaries of modern times because he envisioned having all the pictures and all the music and everything that we have in our phones now in these small devices. And I remember when, you know, the iPod shuffle came out, the thing was, you know, matchbox size and it was revolutionary, but that wasn't even close to where he thought he was going. But Steve had that thing that pulled him up the mountain, you know, even as he's pancreatic cancer, I think, you know, in his final days, he's still working to get up that mountain. And when you're sitting there talking about that and your physical difficulties, I had a very similar season in my life where I went through, I blew out my knee skiing and then I destroyed my back because of that. I broke three ribs. I had two neck surgeries, back surgeries, knee surgery, all within about an 18 month period of time. And I was in a similar position. And what I found was that I had everything in me to get this accomplished like you, everything that I needed was inside of me. And if I just quieted myself down and tapped into my inner strength, I would put myself in a position to solve these problems. I would get to the place that I knew I had the brain power, but I had to stop listening to everybody else. I had to stop listening to quote unquote conventional advice. I had to really get inside myself and figure out what of this can I do? And if I don't know those answers, I definitely know the people that do know those answers and like you start putting deals together again to get out of one hole because you can't get out of every hole all at the same time, but you can break it down systematically and take apart the things that need to happen and go, okay, I can solve my financial problem. My body is healing. I'm resting there. I'm doing these different things and begin to get back to that place. What happened after you proved that to yourself in that hospital bed, what were the steps that you saw yourself take on a, entrepreneurial level
1: oh my gosh well the first thing i did was it taught me that you know no matter what you know i can i really can accomplish anything we're you and i everybody we're capable far more capable of anything that we could possibly conceive of on our own so the first thing it is i went right back to the drawing board and did another vision statement okay and then I plotted out what was going to happen. So, so what's interesting, I always had the vision of me speaking to people, teaching people, ministering to people, right? So when I'm laying there in a hospital bed, I realized, wait a second, I'm not going to be driving here for several months at best. And I wasn't, which means I'm not going to be able to conduct business like I usually would. I've got to figure out how to run things from a freaking bed, you know? And that's what it ended up. With. But the lesson it taught me was... I can do this on a global scale. I don't just have to do this locally. I can do this on a global scale. I just proved it to myself. It didn't matter where I was, you know? So I created this vision of me, you know, teaching everybody, you know, how to invest in the agents, how to work. The ultimate aim was to connect the agents with the investors, because there was always a disconnect there on, on a large scale, right? Some small examples of relationships, obviously, but on a broad scale. Not a good relationship. So I decided I'm gonna conquer that because I knew it could be done. I was living proof. And how I was gonna do that was go around teaching around the US and Canada. And guess what? Four years later, I was traveling around US and Canada teaching on a daily basis. (laughs) All because of that vision,
0: you know. And you know what's funny, Gary? That was back, I mean, that was before it was easy to do Zoom like this. It was before podcasts. I mean, these were, you know, these were a lot more difficult times. But and a lot of people would say, gee, whiz, Gary, four years? you committed to this for four years before you you saw the result. And then a lot of people would sit there and go, gee, four years, that's a really quick timeframe. What did you feel about all that as that was coming down?
1: Yeah, it's funny. Everything is relative. So I'll give an example. I have something else I created last year. It's called the healing house foundation. And it's a way for you and me and everybody to give back to the community that we make so much money from so the healing house foundation actually was a vision that came out 25 years earlier okay so here's the big lesson on this when you have a a really good vision and you know it's really good when it doesn't come from you it comes from outside of you number one and number two is it's for the good the more people it's good for the more people your vision serves the better it is, right? If you're only serving yourself, that's a really small vision and chances are it's going to fail. But if you serve others, the more you serve, the bigger the vision, the more likely it's going to happen and be good. So in any case, a vision never dies. It never goes away. A good vision, it may go to sleep. It's just like you're putting a baby to bed. It's going to sleep for a couple hours. It's going to wake up again. So the Healing House Foundation went to sleep for 25 years. The vision of me teaching yeah, the, the, I had visions of me teaching years before that, but the actual vision that was something I could act on, that was only four years. And once it started, get this, it, first, it was the one of the businesses I had that actually went from zero to a hundred thousand a month in about four months. That was a very good feeling when that happened. You know? So in any case, but don't ever get discouraged if a vision doesn't become realized right away. Just recognize it's just not the right time in the universe. If you keep having the vision repeatedly in your mind, you think about it, you daydream about it, you, you dream about it, it's there. Just have patience. You got to let God do his work. Let the universe come to your aid, like on its of its own volition. You can't force some of this stuff, you know? You just got to get in the flow. It's way better to go through life in the flow, right?
0: Yeah, you're very correct there. And you know, it's funny how many people try to do it all on their own, but they're going against the flow. You know, I'm reading in a book right now about your purpose. And there's so many people that want a purpose. They want something that's different than what their true purpose is. Right. I mean, I would love, I use this analogy all the time. I would love to be six, eight and playing in the NBA, right? But I'm not. I'm five nine, right? And that depends on which convenience store I'm leaving. But the reality is, we want certain things, but is that in alignment with what we're good at? You know, and one of the things that you've found is you found that alignment between your vision and your practical skill set. You know, when you combine that in real estate, I hear people all the time going, Well, I'm flipping houses now. Is that what you really want to do? No, it's not, but I have to do that to do this. Well, why? You know, what is your true vision? What do you really want to get out of this? And why are you? Doing it this way, you know, because people don't have full belief in themselves. People, I find that at times that I struggle, it's because I'm not truly embracing the gifts that I have in a way that makes sense, in a way that really gives me the maximum value because I'm discounting what I can do. I'm discounting maybe I have to do this in order to do that. I have to do this first in order to get the skill to do that. Not necessarily, you can go in the direction of your vision and your values and make sure that you get there in a fashion that is in alignment with who you are at your core. absolutely yeah that and that by the way, that alignment, Shannon, one of the most
1: important things so when you so ultimately you you end up with a plan, like you go from vision and then you create your goals. What goals does this person have that you identified in your vision? That's the bigger you, right? Then you determine the action steps to make the goals occur. Then you make the plan to make it all. So the plan drives your actions through the accomplishment of your goals, which are in alignment with your vision. The alignment is all through that whole process. When when the vision is real clear and you've given yourself the time necessary, devote the time necessary to flesh out the goals and flesh out the action steps. The plan is almost a foregone conclusion. And that's why people have so much confidence when they do this process. That you know, it's going to happen. You just know it. There's absolutely no doubt it's not going to happen. Are you going to get derailed sometimes? <laughs> absolutely. Something's going to happen. You're going to just going to, it's going to derail you. But the thing is, instead of you getting defeated and getting knocked off the horse permanently, the vision pulls you back, gets you back in alignment, pulls you forward <clears throat> and gets you back on the horse. And if it takes 25 years, it takes 25 years, It takes four years. It takes four years. You, your job is to have faith and take action. That's your job. You got to look at the outcome in with the universe, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, that's where a lot of people forget, you know, they, they have a vision of something, right. And a lot of times people will call that vision, you know, money's not a vision. Money's a tool, right? What is the vision? It's free time, free time isn't really a vision. You've got to go deeper than that. You've really got to look at how are you going to spend that time? What are you wanting to do with that time? And, you know, I've watched uh, people all over find that vision and get niched down, still be in real estate, but find a vision for helping veterans, for, you know, for helping at-risk teenagers, a lot of different things where they're able to use that gift of, being a real estate entrepreneur or being an entrepreneur, period, find a way to apply that in a way that truly gives back to them. And then they, the next thing you know, they have built a business around that. But you always find, you know, it, it, Tony Robbins is a great example, right? Tony Robbins is all about a better you, right? He's really made his life out of that. And out of that, I, I was at a Tony Robbins event, I think two years ago, and he said he had like 147 businesses, right? And I would bet, that if you looked at what those 147 businesses did, all of them tied back in some form or fashion to Tony's true vision. They help people in this way. They are part of a community in that way. They build resources for entrepreneurs in this way. All of those kinds of things that allow you to create more free time, more wealth, more money out of the vision that really came from who you are as a person. You know, I want to get one final comment and closing from you, Gary, before we got to sign off here. But, you know, when people are looking at the the capitulation in the market, the way that the market is continuing to change, buyers and sellers are starting to come to the table more and more, but deals are still choppy. They're harder to get approved. There's all these different things that go along with that. What do you say to people when you look at what you know, what you've learned over your lifetime, the way your vision statement has evolved? What are you saying to people now when they're looking at real estate saying, I may or may not want to get involved with this. I I may not have it in me. What are you saying?
1: Well, if it really is truly part of their vision, then I can always tell when I read somebody's vision that it's you know, I don't I try not to judge them or anything like that. I just I can in my mind I can tell, eh they did it halfway or they really put their heart into it. So when the vision is real clear and it's that important. You know, what I tell people is when the market gets tough, you got to work tough. When the market's easy, you can do certain campaigns, certain activities, certain methodologies, still work in any market. When the market's tough, you're down to maybe two or three things that are going to work well. And a lot of it, grunt work. You got to freaking roll up your sleeves every damn day. I mean, you literally got to wake up and hit the ground running. You got to outwork the next person. You got to work five more minutes than everybody else around you, okay? That's what it takes. And if you have that kind of drive, see, when, when you mentioned Steve Jobs, the first thing that came to my mind was not just drive, but he was persistent he was demanding so when your vision is that clear and it's that important you're going to be working with other people you're gonna to have to grow a team and be working with other people you cannot accept mediocrity and their work effort you got to demand you know the perfection that your vision requires that's what it takes it just 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 no easy way guys I you know that's what that's what it is and you got it inside you to do it I know you do you know
0: and you know putting yourself in alignment with that vision, holding yourself accountable to that vision, all of those things are things that I continue to strive to do. That's a lot of work. But once you find yourself in that flow where you're lined up, Gary, you have given some great advice today that that really things are gonna turn for you. And you're gonna have the persistence. You're gonna have the determination. You're gonna have the stick-to-itiveness to get through the difficult times because you've got a vision behind it. You don't just have the normal eight to five grind mentality. You've got more than that. And so Gary, I really want to thank you for coming on the show and talking with people about what it's going to take to truly get in alignment with your vision and get through the changes that are happening in the market and make yourself a better entrepreneur all the way around. Before you go, Gary, where can people find you in the world?
1: Sure. Uh Well, the good news is I've got some pretty awesome people working for me and they make sure that my name is out there quite a bit i I have some pleasant surprises as i travel sometimes but the easiest thing is really you can go to there's two different websites the first one is easy because it's the name real estate with gary wilson.com that's for everybody you can go in there and get all kinds of free books and free material and just check things out right and then if you are an investor or you're an agent go to globalinvestoragent.com Because if you're an investor, you can select the agents that we train to work with you all over the country. we got investors from 13 countries. And if you're an agent yourself, man, I'm telling you, I've seen five markets come and go. We know what's going to happen. We just can't tell you how big, how long, and when, and all that stuff. But the point is to not panic. It's to prepare. So come on our Monday Night Live class. You can sign up for it on the website. You can even fill out a little thing to have a conversation with me, a real live conversation with me. And in a half hour, I'll be able to help you get to your next step. None of this costs anything. Just do yourself the favor. Reach out and ask for help because I can tell you this. The smart ones always get up. And Lord knows I had a lot of help get where I am. I was You have to reach your hand up that mountain you want to climb and reach out to the people already up there and ask them for help. And you know what? There's enough good people at the top. They're going to be willing to reach their hand down and pull you up along with your vision.
0: That's right. Well, there you go, guys. You know where to get a hold of Gary and those will be in the show notes. But guys, I want to thank you again for tuning in to Gary and I's conversation here on the Real Estate Rundown. Let us know your thoughts and comments. And as always, we appreciate it if you like and subscribe to the channel and share it with your friends. Again, we'll see you next time on the Real Estate Rundown. Thanks for listening. I hope you found tons of value in this show. It would help us a lot if you could rate and leave us a five-star review as we continue our mission to help others just like you in their real estate journey. Thank you. And we'll catch you on the next episode of Rob Net's Real Estate Rundown.